can put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Babe I got you, babe I got you, babe Okay, campers, rise and shine And don't forget your booties Because it's cold out there today It's cold out there every day it's Groundhog Day! <laughs> Welcome to a very strange episode of Beers, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica. Welcome to a very strange episode of Beers, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> no, we're not going to do this for the whole episode. <laughs> um, today we're going to be covering my new favorite American holiday. Which is... Groundhog Day. <laughs> We're not going to say it like that every time either. Nope. Um, so as our regular listeners will know, uh, this is something that I've recently learned is actually a thing. Kaylee, tell us about Groundhog Day. Give well, us the history. If, and if you're a fan of our podcast, you'll recall that we discussed this in a previous episode and only by describing it to someone who was not born and raised in America did I realize what a ridiculous tradition it is. It is really ridiculous. And let's say that potentially I'm going to share this with my Facebook friends back home uh, to explain to them this bizarre holiday. Can we can we go over it again? <laughs> we can. And I will let you know I did very little to educate myself as to the roots of this holiday. <laughs> I think it's honestly, it's better to just not know why it happens. Uh, so every year, February 2nd, um, there is a tradition that happens not only in Puxatawney, uh, Pennsylvania, which is where this film takes place, uh, but in many places around the country. There's one in Staten Island, right? I think, yeah, we, dis- we discovered that was the closest one and we might just check it out. Maybe. We'll <laughs> see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I wonder what the Staten Island hog's name is. The Puxatawney one is Phil. Oh, it's always Phil? It's o- oh, it's always Phil. Oh, interesting. And okay. I'm not sure about the gender dynamics of, like, can, can a lady groundhog be Puxatani Phil? can be Phil. Yeah. My yeah. mom's name is Phyllis. Yeah. Close. My great-grandma was Phyllis. Snap. Go. Anyway, so every year, February 2nd. Every year, February 2nd, early in a cold winter morning, uh, a bunch of people gather around to pull a groundhog out of a hole and show it to the world and decide whether or not it has seen its shadow. Okay. And from what I always thought, it was if it saw the shadow, it would like run back into the hole. And if it didn't see the shadow, it would stay out. But that's not how they do it in the movie. In the movie, it's like it just looks outside and then they just pick they it just, up. They hold it up and then they already have like a script written out of whether or not it has seen its shadow so it seems um like rigged. it might it's be rigged. yeah it's to ruin all the holidays <laughs> all right so and so it it determines if there's going to be six more weeks of winter or if we're going to have an early spring so it's not too different from other measuring systems in the US as we have previously discussed i think that's why we came around to discussing groundhog day i think actually. so too yes mm-hmm. so it's just like as it makes as much sense as fahrenheit basically yeah so uh, it, I did, in preparation for this episode, listen to Groundhog Day, the musical that was on Broadway. Oh, wow. Um, the music for it is actually pretty fun. Um, but there, but uh, it was um, Tim Minchin, wasn't it? Yes. I think, uh, I think among others. Um, Boom. So Tim Minchin's familiar with this history. 
Yes, and that's so cool. So Tim Minchin also wrote like my favorite Christmas song, which is White Wine in the Sun. Google it. You played it for me. It was very nice. I'm talking to our listeners, Kaylee. Not everything's about you. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to drink my vermouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we are drinking vermouth uh, with a lemon twist on ice, which yeah. is exactly what they uh, do. Or as Andy McDowell says it, sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist. Yes. Now, that wasn't a great Southern accent, but. Ordinarily, you would not catch either of us drinking this, but there is an incredible Australian vermouth that it actually one of the only Australian liquors to export here uh, called Regal Rogue. And they do an amazing sweet vermouth, which is actually delicious on ice. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Actually. Yeah. And um, the grapes are from South Australian Shiraz. Shout out to my hometown. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's delicious. And thanks so much to. Um, to the guys at Regal Rogue for importing your beautiful spirit to our U.S. shores. Heck yeah. That was my little spruik. I'll put a photo of it up. It's a really cool label as well. Um, and we're also drinking beer courtesy of Kaylee, which is... We are drinking Perpetual IPA, which you might drink if you lived the same day perpetually over and over. This is also, um, I believe, brewed in Pennsylvania. Oh, nice. Yeah. all of, Hitting all the notes. Yeah, we try. Yeah. Even though this movie was not filmed in Pennsylvania. Um, Where was it filmed, Kate? Sorry. I think because we started with the radio co-host, like, it is cold out there that now I've just adopted that for the entire podcast. <laughs> You're not doing your amazing American accent anymore. <laughs> it's obnoxious. cold out there. <laughs> Do you know, I think after a few drinks, my American accent will be much better. <laughs> Listen, I am not even going to try to do an Australian accent. Don't. So it's really hard. <laughs> it is really hard. <laughs> I've heard so many people try to do it. It is just not a possible task. All right. Should we get into it? Uh, yeah, I guess we should. And our sponsors for today's episode are nobody. Literally nobody. Nobody asked us to do this. We're, I don't know if anybody's even going to listen to it. Look, I think it's going to be a really great educational podcast for my friends back home, if nothing yeah. else. Um, this it's is good for us to branch out and sh- spice it up a little, you know? You've got to do that <laughs> in a long-term there's, there's sci-fi relationship. sci-fi elements to this movie, for it's sure. true, for sure. Totally. Yeah. Um, no Cylons, though. Uh, not that we know of. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. They could be one of the ones that haven't been revealed yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness but this is part of what m- might become a series of lisa and i educating each other about our respective cultures yeah or just celebrating random holidays mm-hmm. i actually or random good movies because this, ac- this is actually i think a great movie it's a great movie i um we did miss australia day but that's okay oh, and happy right. australia day for last week are there any other like random holidays that you celebrate in australia that we don't celebrate here they're all about sports. It's like <laughs> Melbourne Cup Day for the horse racing, Grand Final Day for the football. Like, I'm not kidding. We get actual legit days off just for sports. And the most ridiculous thing is that Grand Final Day is not even on the Grand Final Day. It's just the Monday after or the Friday before. Can't remember. They do a parade and people just go away for the weekend. And it's like, yeah, this is a legitimate reason for a bank holiday. Interesting. Yeah, so we have stuff like that. Do you have good, is there like a good Australian sports movie that you love? 
Strictly ballroom? That's not sports, but it's it is a, actually it is a competition. It is a it is a competition. <laughs> it is a lot like local sports competitions in Australia. <laughs> um, yeah, crackerjack. That's about lawn bowls. Have you seen it? It's about what now? Lawn bowls. What is a lawn bowl? You don't have lawn bowls here? No. Is that Australian? I don't know what it is. Um, basically, it's just like bowls, like outside, and you it's. It's like an old people game. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like there's a ball, like a white small ball in at the end of a green long pitch. And mm-hmm. then you th- – it's like bocce. Is bocce a sport here? Yeah, bocce ball is a thing here. Kind of like that. I think there's some hipster bar in Brooklyn a, where you can go play bocce yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. You can try and get it like closer to the white ball. Oh, okay. And old people play it in white. And there's an Australian movie about that. And then there's probably movies about cricket. I know there's cricket in the dish. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Maybe there's probably great Australian sports movies and I just don't remember what they are. I'm probably going to have a bunch of people be like, Lisa, these are all of them. You're the worst <laughs> representative for our country ever. Just maybe about sports-related films Well, what we could do is we could go down and watch. There's actually uh, Australian rules football that's played in New York. So I could definitely take you to a game. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Anyway, we should we should get all this out of the way in before the podcast. <laughs> Guys, you're just a part of our life <laughs> and our experience. <laughs> Well, I mean, for as rambly as we are when we're like actually talking about the show that this podcast is about, I feel like we're just going to be more rambly since we're talking about also basically movie. all my notes are just, oh my God, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, oh it's, it's that, that lady. Chick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know all these people from other things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So if you haven't figured it out by now, we're talking about the 1993 film Groundhog Day, uh, which was directed by Harold Ramis, um, who co-wrote it with Danny Rubin. And uh, this was notoriously the film that uh, broke Bill Murray and Harold Ramis's career together. Yes, you were telling me. And mm-hmm. so what were their other movies again? Remind me. Bill Murray and Harold Ramis worked together um, on Caddyshack, Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, and Ghostbusters 2. And wow. And this was their last film together. It and broke uh, them. It broke them. Mm. We got this amazing movie out of the deal. But uh, yeah, I think they the story goes that they didn't talk again until um, Harold Ramis was on his deathbed. Oh, wow. It's like Bojack Horseman. Have you seen that? I have. You know when he's got the guy who they were like best friends and then they did the show together and then he got caught like being gay or something and then Bojack like didn't stand with him and then on his deathbed he saw him but then he's like, I don't forgive you. <laughs> I kind of remember that plot yeah. line. It's, yeah. been, it's been a little while. I've watched it a couple of times. It's a great series. It's a great show. It actually also like keeps on giving if you keep watching it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like every time I see it, like I'll, I'll often... I've seen the first season a bit because I'll introduce it to somebody and like you always pick up like these tiny little details which are incredible. Uh, it's very clever. Yeah. And they're also, I think this last season they were really commenting on their own show mm-hmm. which I appreciate when mm. a TV show does that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get in, let's get into this movie, shall we? We should. Uh, so we open with uh, Bill Murray giving a weather report. In front of that um, green screen. Now, we have spoken recently about my recent local news watching, so I appreciated oh, yes. this. <laughs> yeah, the weather report is such a big part of the local news. It is. It's such a big part. 
It does seem like it would be fun to play in front of that weather screen, mm. um, as Andy McDowell tries uh, in the in the movie, and she's wearing the same colors as the screen, so it's just like her hand and her head's it's hilarious. Yep. What an adorable little '90s actress she was. I in, mean, she still is alive. Uh, yeah, but she's also she's in everything, right? She was certainly in everything in the '90s. But I just like saw her. I, and I, I honestly, I bet she's still working. I just don't know what she's doing. I didn't know her name. I just knew her face. I was like, that's that woman. This I, is actually what I said the whole thing. My notes just literally <laughs> say something about Mary Guy. Oh my God, it's Stamford. <laughs> There's that lady from every 90s movie. <laughs> There's the other character. It's all my notes. And that guy. Yeah, it has a great supporting cast. But like, it's like I've only got classic me, two thirds of a page of notes, and about half of them are just, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have any context for that. So I hope the context. So maybe I should pull it up. On I computer. did. I looked up a couple of the actors names. There's um, definitely Stanford. Andy Blatch. McDowell. I definitely knew. Okay. I, I just knew. That's the main woman, right? Uh, yeah. 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 She's I knew her a- best from the 90s Little Women with Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah. I she don't think I've seen that. Meg in that. Mm. You've never seen that movie? Lisa. I don't think so. We should stop this right now and go watch that. Yeah, no, we're not going to. It took us long enough to commit to this movie. It's true. Um, but I'm going to sit you down and make you watch the 90s Little Woman. So yes. here we are. Also, guys, I should say before we get too further into it, you should probably just if you have a favorite holiday, just let us know. The more obscure, the better. Mm-hmm. I already am planning a Thanksgiving movie for us. That's a long way away. I know. Um, we just had Thanksgiving, it feels like. It's already February by the time this podcast hits your ears. Oh, my goodness gracious me. 2019 mm-hmm. okay uh yeah the something about mary guy is chris elliott who's also on um my new fave comedy oh yeah um shit's creek right thank you well, because you keep telling me to watch it and i, I haven't yet and so that's why i know it's your favorite <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there's something about mary guy stanford blatch from sex in the city shout which out which one him. is he uh he's like the he's only a really bit part but he's like the other guy in that scene with the something about mary guy i don't even know yeah it's definitely sanford blatch definitely sanford blatch i'll take your word for it um yep so yeah our first day starts with that sunny and Cher song he goes out meets the dude on the stairs who asks him very excitedly if he's excited about groundhog day Goes down and meets the uh, hotel lady. Oh, she's great. She's, so her name is Angela Patton. She, her I did look up. Um, she's also on everything. Yeah, I just wrote character actress in every movie. And like, boy, howdy, if you look at her IMDb. How many? So, I didn't even count. It's so long. She's just, she's in one episode of every single TV show you've ever watched. That's the kind of career you want, though. Totally. Oh like, God, if she I was an so actor, much fun. I would want to be a character actor. It's like the guy... Richard from Sex and the City, who was also on one episode of Battlestar Galactica. And he, I went to his IMDb and I think he had like over 200 credits. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that is exactly what I I want people to be like, oh, it's that person, but not like have stalkers. But I bet Angela Patton does not have as many credits as Stephen Tobolowsky, who is Ned Ryerson in this movie. That other guy who's in everything. Yeah. So this, the festivities are taking place at Gobbler's Knob, which is a real place. I just gobblers knob. It's just great. 
It's it's so much. I honestly never was sure if they made it up for the movie or not. And that is the real place where this event happens. It's great. I love it. Uh, Shout out to my friend, Neil, who we played Dungeons and Dragons for the first time the other night. And he called his character Gobby, not thinking that that's actually a slang term for giving head in Australian slang. And it's funny because he is Australian and he, for some reason, maybe he's been in New York too long, did not click. He was like, Gobs, Gobby, maybe Gobby. And then the other Aussies just like started laughing. This is on Australia Day too that we we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And, um, and yeah, and then we just kept calling him that. Uh, for the rest of the game, but he leaned into it and it became very funny. But yeah, that's what that makes me think of. Gobless knob. It's it's too perfect. I wonder if they like were like, oh, we should come up with a fictional place. Nope, the real one is far better than anything we could have ever imagined. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the song is playing that we'll hear multiple times in the movie, the Pennsylvania Polka. Mm. The Pennsylvania Polka. Oh, great. Ta-da. Damn it, I wish we could go. Next year, that should be our aim, is to go to Paxitawney. Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney to Groundhog Day. We we were already, Lisa and I watched this movie together um, for her first time watching it. And like my fourth note is, we're already planning a road trip. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's not going to happen. This year, it might just be to Staten Staten Island. Island. (laughs) Uh, So this is... um, uh, Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray, who is the yep. announcer guy who pulls out. You can see the resemblance. Mm. You kind of can. Mm. Yeah. It's just a bunch of guys in like matching outfits. But they're they're dressed to the nines for this event. Yes. It's yeah. A big like day. Tuxes and top hats and yes. stuff. It's a real big deal. Um, and. Andy McDowell is super excited about it. She's like, these people are great. They just sing and they get cold and then they go warm themselves by the fire and then they sing again. It's nice. She's so bubbly, weirdly, mm-hmm. in this movie that it's like almost not a believable character choice. Yeah, I don't know how much they flesh out her character really, though. Yeah, that's that's one of the things about this movie. I mean, it really is just a movie about him. They don't flesh out anyone else's character. It's true. So you can give it a little pass. A little bit. But I will say from listening to the musical, they um, smartly, I think, gave some time to other characters. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's like the... Um tv version of american gods and they like Hmm. flesh out all the other characters have you seen a tv version i have yeah but like they didn't give so much time to like laura or like the goddess or anybody on the in the book yeah i guess that's true i mean when you're expanding a single book into a whole series it's like handmaid's tale as well where you're gonna um have to find a lot more yeah story arcs and secondary characters to give screen Mm. time to new american gods out soon yay (laughs) sorry uh so phil's got this great line of like well the cameras really fail to capture the excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather (laughs) back to you (laughs) it's great it's true Uh uh-huh um he's i think his performance in this movie is is pretty perfect yeah it's, it's good 
It, they could have done... I, he really does the whole, I'm a big city weather guy. And he's not even from big city. But it's just hilarious that he's just like, I'm this big city guy just covering this small town event. Yeah. And like, I'm going to get out of here before the day is over because I don't need to stay here. Meanwhile, like a local news weather person is just barely... I mean, it's a local celebrity. It's not a celebrity. No, he's not a celebrity at all. <laughs> but he plays that character perfectly of like, I'm a, I'm a big shot. Oh, totally. But he doesn't... I think one of the the great things about this movie is he's not over the top with how much of an asshole he is. Like, no. he's a, the perfect believable amount of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, like, finishes out this day. He's very... They try to skip town and the blizzard that wasn't supposed to come comes uh so they have to stay the phone lines are the long distance phone lines are down there's oh, something like very very struggles. home alone about the setup um yes yeah which is just all problems that wouldn't happen today like you that you could just have the internet and call anybody yes it's true yeah um it's um yeah I mean, that's the thing with these movies. It's like a time thing. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, the uh, the invention of uh, the the popularization, I guess, of cell phones ch- has ha- changed the way we tell stories. Well, now we just so tell much. stories about a long time ago. <laughs> also, like, that everything's just all. But of if a you think set. about shows like House of Cards, where they end up, they they show like a ton of text conversations on House of Cards. Like, yeah, it's that's just good. part of the way we tell stories now. Yeah, for sure. It's just it's interesting. a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got to stay an extra night at the little bed and breakfast, goes to take a a shower and stands right underneath that shower. And that water pressure is really good. And it the water is very cold. Yes. It seems like that would be nobody the worst. Gets, I hate- nobody gets into, nobody stands fully under a shower before they turn the water on. No, that's, that's not ridiculous because it's always cold when you first turn it on. You yeah. need to turn it on and heat it up. Yeah get it together that's one of the less believable parts of this film about (laughs) a groundhog where a man repeats the same day over and over forever yes i would say that's much more unrealistic than the yeah yeah i think so i mean you just have to set up a believable world that's all (laughs) (laughs) so he wakes up the second day thinks that the they're playing yesterday's tape on the radio uh and then gets a weird feeling and looks outside and there's no snow on the ground and a million people oh, headed to Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> um, he goes out and like threatens that same guy he met on the stairs and grabs him by the collar and asks him what day it is. He uh, he asks our darling uh, hotel manager if she's ever had deja vu. And she says, I don't know, but I could ask the kitchen. That is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. <laughs> like, that is beautiful and perfect. And mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, he runs into Ned Ryerson again, gives a very like reluctant take of the events, just like, so here we are again, and we're going to watch this groundhog again, I guess. Um, I love the agains because everyone's like, what are you talking about (laughs) since last year? Uh, it's, I, I think the second day is like perfectly done. It's, it's just the right amount of like 
am I crazy? What is happening? What was, was yesterday a dream? Is to today you? a dream? I think I would assume the day before had been a dream. Right? Except then when th- you started seeing like the, the same, same things people, happening, then I'd be like, he keeps falling in that fucking hole. Well, he does it. He only does it three times. And the third time he does it because he's just running. Like he's running to get away from Ned Ryerson. Um, That's fair. I mean, my note is just like the hole. Yeah. No, he does step in that very icy hole that would be just you, you would have to just go change your shoes in yes. that weather. Anyway. Um, but it is it feels a little like a, a horror movie, except that this is a comedy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the third day, maybe it's just the second day that he asks Andy McDowell to slap him. And she does without hesitation. No hesitation. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's like slap moment. me. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's got a slappable face. I think that's the truest thing anyone's ever said about Bill Murray. And a weird mouth. <laughs> we talked about that because when when he does the kissing lady, you're like, yeah. Do you think Bill Murray's a bad kisser? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like so many silly looking guy comedians just rely on how funny they are and how funny they look. No, how funny Bill Murray's a funny guy. He is funny. Yeah. He's a very funny guy. But what came first? The funny looks or the funny personality? I think usually looks. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an Australian comedian called Carl Barron. Carl Barron. I know you guys like to say your R's. Like Carl Drogo? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he's a very funny looking guy. Mm -hmm. And he is a very funny comedian. But it's very Australian. I don't know if it would translate. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. He's the person I always think of when I think of people like that because he comes out on stage and just goes, how you going? And everyone just loses it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds hilarious. I'll, I'll see if I can find a gift. <laughs> I do think there's something about like the patriarchy uh, where male comedians get to be dopey looking and funny and get to be the stars of movies and women either have to be if you want to be a star in movies i feel like you have to be funny and pretty and if you're not then super you're conventionally attractive then yeah you don't i mean rebel wilson's done a couple of her own movies right but nothing i think she's nothing just really one huge. now but she really goes like she's so overboard with her like she uses her um yeah, she's always, it's always like all her, a lot of her comedy is about how she looks. Right. As opposed to just like, yeah, it's definitely different, mm-hmm. I think. Or I, I think in face? the 90s, it would have been a lot harder for a, a, any woman to get a lead in a movie who wasn't super conventionally yeah. gorgeous. Who's the um, super secret service woman from Bridesmaids? What's her name? She's so funny. Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. She's amazing and hilarious. Mm-hmm. So he's in his bed for the second night in a row trying to call somebody long distance. I really want to know who he's going to call long distance to and be for like, what? Yeah. To be like, I don't know. Maybe there's somebody he would confess all this to. We don't ever hear about his family. He just doesn't see or talk to his family for this entire time. Well, I mean, it makes they- sense because it's just one day. Well, sure, but for and him, he obviously doesn't have a partner because a I mean that's not obvious. But like, 
I guess we could say we don't see a wedding ring and there's no reference to a partner. So we assume that he's not. I think we can we can certainly assume he's not married. I think we can assume that he does not have any serious relationships. That's just the kind of guy they set him up to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The kind of guy who wouldn't be interested in that. But he's definitely trying to call somebody long distance. Maybe he thinks this is a local event. Maybe. I mean, long distance is also like different from what it like it, it used to be long distance could have been like from there to his home like he's just trying to call home phone home you could say i suppose like i remember it used to be like that like even if you called like the country of the same state oh yeah no if it, it was would be long distance. out of state i think it would be in long 1993 distance. yeah i remember 1993 i do too yeah. i was around yeah i was too <laughs> i was older than two <laughs> i mean i was there too not i was too <laughs> i was like wait you're not that much younger than me i was six okay that makes more sense um so he does this trick where he breaks a pencil and puts it on the table very smart i uh, would probably do that yeah very clever and then of course the pencil is whole and in the different place yep yep in the morning um so it's by the third day he's just like i'm not gonna do the broadcast meet me in the diner um and sort of i feel like he sort of tries to explain what's happening but doesn't do a very good job and Andy mcdowell's just like these sticky buns are delicious (laughs) (laughs) correct um what would you do though it's like this thing where it's like it's like it's like harry potter in the other minister chapter at the beginning of the, I want to say fifth book when um, Cornelius Fudge goes into his, into the prime minister of the UK's office. And he's like, like when the guys just first become basically the whole thing is the minister of magic always comes in and tells the prime minister of the day that which wizards and witches exist and that they live in secret in Britain and blah, blah, blah. And then the minister's like, well, the prime minister's like, well, why hasn't, anyone ever told us before and he's like well are you going to tell anybody because like you just sound like a crazy person (laughs) i feel like that's the same thing with this it's like who are you going to tell like if i said to you right now i'm like kaylee okay you would believe me but you know generally no i mean i do feel like it would require a lot of explanation and proof and i would just be concerned about your like mental state Mm. Yeah, I feel like there's one TV show where they do that. Oh, The O.C. Um, have you ever watched The O.C.? Not really, no. Oh, Seth is like a really nerdy character and there's an episode where like Ryan is like falling off a ladder and he's in like a parallel universe and he goes up to Seth. He's like, I'm from a parallel universe where we're brothers and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, okay, got it. And just rolls with it because it's just <laughs> like in his narrative, like he would believe that. But I feel like for the most part, people would not believe you most people would not believe you and you wouldn't know but this happens this is such a trope that happens in any kind of like fantasy sci-fi movie there's always a character who's like this this thing is happening and no one will believe me and i think this movie handles it really well yeah i think that all we can do as people is just know that when the time comes 
that we will believe you. Give us a give us a call if give you're some experiencing proof. a weird supernatural occurrence. Time I don't loop, know if we should throw that timeline. out to the internet. I do. <laughs> this podcast is going to get real X Files real fast. <laughs> we want to hear about podcast. your alien abductions, <laughs> your ghost hauntings. We want to hear it all. All of it. Your body switches. Let's yes. Play it, bring it on. Yep. <laughs> um, but he does. So, like, by what we see as the third day, I don't know. I feel like all of this doesn't actually happen in one day. Um, Andy McDowell's like, you should get your head checked. So first he goes to see a doctor and the doctor's like, nope, all your skins look good. I think you need to go see a shrink. <laughs> um, and then he goes to see this psychiatrist who's like, I don't usually do this type of work. <laughs> <laughs> like I usually see couples and kids. I have an alcoholic now. <laughs> It's such a good line. Uh, like, Gotta catch him young. all. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know what I think we should do? We should schedule another meeting. How's tomorrow? Yeah. And he's Pretty like, funny. yeah, fine. That's fine. <laughs> you think he tomorrow actually just great. puts a pillow over his face, actually. <laughs> um, so then he ends up drinking with some bowling alley guys. Uh, they have a fun night. They have a great night. He goes a little far. <laughs> But he um, he's reminiscing about this one day. I forget where he is. Some some tropical location where he was like, I oh, yeah. met a beautiful woman and we ate lobster and had pina coladas, coladas and made love like sea otters. Those good old pina coladas. Pina coladas, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> made love like sea otters. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a sea otter make love? I they I just can't imagine that that's a sexy. Time. Does he mean that they were making love in the water? Maybe. But why otters? Also, have you ever tried to have sex in the water? Yes. Because it's not great. Isn't it, though? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you need you need lubricant and water. Isn't a lubricant. No, and it washes away lubricant. And everything is not as fun or comfortable as you want it to be. I mean, there's certain acts that could maybe, I guess, be fun, but it can be fun for a little while. It's like on the beach. Can it just be seems fun like one of those things, one of those sex things that's overrated. Yes, I would agree with that. It is probably overrated, but also super fun. Okay. I guess it depends what kind of water. I don't think this is Very the Lisa and Kaylee sex podcast. What? <laughs> Nobody told me. <laughs> I feel like increasingly every episode it's becoming that. <laughs> maybe yeah. we should just do a spinoff. May- maybe. If you guys want to hear our sex podcast, w- write in. <laughs> <laughs> but please maybe. don't send us your sex stories. No. Wait. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Send Lisa your sex stories. Send me your supernatural <laughs> stories. And we will combine them. Uh, maybe this can be our special. Okay. Tell you what. This can be a special Patreon feature. <laughs> uh, we will do... If you send us in your sex slash supernatural spooky stories, the three S's, if you will. Yes, uh, the classic three the S's. The classic three. <laughs> uh, we will read them to you, you on our Patreon. Will we? Yes. Okay. Yes. For you, our, you all, heard it here. all of our Patreon supporters. <laughs> uh, but he's like, hey, Bowling Alley guys, like, what would... 
what like what would it mean if your life was just the same thing every day and you felt like nothing you did mattered and it was like we've all been there before yeah no these guys are like yeah no that's every day of my life actually <laughs> it's very i mean sad. they're in Pugsatawney. they're in a they're drinking beer in a bowling alley in Pugsatawney. i know they're yeah. living their life mm-hmm. um i'm gonna help <laughs> you with this because your bottle opener is not guys functional. i have this amazing bottle opener it's um it's it's <laughs> hold my mic <laughs> so i have this amazing bottle opener it's the millennium falcon and i was so excited when i found it i almost feel like i've shouted it out on this podcast before because i'm really excited about it i love everything that gives me nerd cred i don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast before but i actually do all of my notes for the episodes in this amazing buffy notebook that my friend Jono gave me so Kaylee's still trying to take off the beer cap. Uh, anyway, so I got this amazing Millennium Falcon bottle opener, which I carry around with me because it gives me nerd credits. But it's just, it's just frustratingly too small. That's what she said. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's not really quite right. Like I feel like the concept is great, but the execution wasn't so good. Mm-hmm. We got there. Yeah, you've got a, you've got an open beer. I do a perpetual open beer. Mm, wouldn't to. that be something? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're at the bowling alley, guys, who are living every day, same day. Yeah, getting wasted at the bowling alley, presumably, is their same day every day. Uh, we should do that. They try to drive themselves away and are a bit too wasted to drive. So Bill Murray, who it seems like has only been drinking delicious bowling alley coffee, um, gets in the driver's seat and is like... You know what? They all say this shit you have to do. You got to take it like a man and be nice to your sister. Don't mix beer and wine. It's a really, really crazy rant that I'm sure Bill Murray just made up on the spot. It's great, though. I I love the things that he chose. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But also, like, do be nice to your sister. Yeah. Uh, We did just mix beer and wine, technically, because we We had vermouth and then beer. So sorry. So we're breaking breaking that rule. We're breaking all the rules. What's going to come next? Driving on the train tracks? Maybe not. (laughs) I'm still scared to drive on the right side of the road. That being said, if I had to drive on the right side of the road, maybe I would drive on the train tracks by mistake. I sat in the driver's seat of an American vehicle vehicle the other day <laughs> and um, I was like, because my friend had parked near a fire hydrant and I had to like be there and the NYPD started driving behind me and I was like, oh my God, what if they asked me to move the car? <laughs> I can't drive on the right side of the road for the first time in New York City. Like, I mean, it was a one-way street, but also I was on the wrong side of the car. No, It's I, very confusing. I certainly learned how to drive on the right side of the... Well, yeah. You drive on the opposite side of the car on the opposite side of the street yeah that's how it works right yeah, yeah. no i learned the normal way and i still won't the, well, the normal nor- way the normal way for the u.s and i still won't i still won't drive in new york city i hate it okay that makes me feel a lot better i was supposed to drive in california but then because i was in california i think we talked about this i had i tried edibles because i was like when in rome <laughs> and then i didn't try driving and then i i said to my friend after i was like oh I should have, I was going to do driving. He's like, yeah, but you did edibles. And I don't think they go together. And I was like, you're correct. (laughs) That was a smart move. That was a smart move on my part. Uh, No, it's, um, it's, uh, New York is terrifying Mm. for driving. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's kind of crazy. Do you know why 
uh, Americans drive on the right side of the road. I think actually buffering just tried to explain this in one of their last episodes. Oh, they did. They did uh, because they went to London. Um, but it, right. I, it has something to do with, with Napoleon. Napoleon and what side of your body you keep your sword on, I think. Yes. But I don't know more details than that. I knew it was about Napoleon and like who sided with Napoleon. Is Already like I'm fascinated. Can we'll, we'll, we'll look more into it and see if we can give you a more detailed history. Yes. But uh, yeah, so it's actually just all about that. Mm-hmm. So I think all the colonial, the English colonial places drive on the left for sure, except for America. Right. Um, yes. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly correct. Right. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway train tracks yeah so and no matter what country you're in don't drive on them towards an oncoming train uh yes good solid, sound advice. solid advice <laughs> bill murray's like no i think he's gonna swerve first <laughs> <laughs> also great li- there are a lot of great lines from him in this movie yeah that's what he's good at and you wonder how many of them were him yeah, I feel like when he gets real crazy and just starts ranting and stuff, I think that's a lot of just Bill Murray. Yeah. I waited on, well, I didn't, I actually didn't wait on Bill Murray oh. once, but he came into my restaurant once and I did talk to him while he was there. And the hilarious thing is Kaylee was like, I'm going to save it for the episode, but there's a story about Bill Murray. And then I did something that he did. Is that you correct? You did. We ordered sushi that night yes. and you were like, Oh, low sodium soy sauce. I want regular soy sauce. And that's the conversation that I had with Bill Murray is because my restaurant uh, uses low sodium soy sauce and he they ordered sushi and the server dropped soy sauce and walked away and he called me over and was like, she just slapped us in the face with this low sodium soy he sauce. He said slapped us in the face? He did. Goodness gracious. With this low sodium soy sauce. He asked me for regular soy sauce and I went back in the kitchen and I was very new at this job and I was like, you guys, um, Bill Murray wants regular soy sauce and do we have any? And they they didn't have any and I had How to- How did they not have any? We just, that's the soy sauce that we use. I don't know. We buy it in bulk. It's low sodium. I Honestly, I prefer the low sodium soy yeah myself which is good because we only had low sodium soy sauce and luckily i had high sodium soy sauce in my cupboard so it was everybody won that day but not 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 bill murray Murray came in they didn't make you like run across the street and get some or something no did he tip i'm sure that he tipped Mm. uh i'm sure i would have heard about it if he didn't tip he did uh i always look at how much celebrities tip i'm so fascinated by it i'm like if if you tip at least like if i can tip 20 (laughs) percent so when i've been waitressing and like not earning money i still tip no no one tips better than people who work in restaurants that's exactly exactly Mm -hmm. but like if if i can Mm -hmm. then so should you (laughs) all of the famous people I've served, which is quite a lot of famous people for six months, actually. Nice. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of people. Andre 3000, he tipped nicely. He was a nice guy. James Franco. Yeah, lots of people. The guy from Coldplay came in. He gave a big tip because we gave him coffee after we closed. That's super nice. Yeah, that was nice of him. Had a lot of people, actually. Celebrities used to come into my restaurant way more than they do now. It's not cool anymore. It's definitely not cool. (laughs) (laughs) I do not work at a cool restaurant. I work at a very old, stuck in the 80s restaurant, much like, I don't know, movies like this. Yes. Even though this is the early 90s. But I think that that town is stuck in the 80s. 
possibly Seven? maybe even maybe <laughs> even earlier i feel like the puxatani phil tradition has been going on a long time i also like that they're both called phil yeah that's clever and he keeps getting that's clever <laughs> keeps getting made fun of throughout the movie like great. oh hey phil like the groundhog and he's like, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, Tell me again. It's like when um, people sing Lisa, it's your birthday to me. And think no one ever did it before. Oh, I do love that episode of The Simpsons, though. Oh, and people are like, Lisa, Lisa. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then actually, though, that song has been redeemed for me because last year on my birthday, my old roommate, who I miss dearly, actually rewrote the words for me for my birthday and I woke up and he like woke me up and I was like, go away. And he's like started playing this song and I'm like, oh, he wrote me a whole song. That's so sweet. And I told him to <laughs> go away. Some of us are grumpy in the morning. I'm not. I was just sleeping. I was like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I'm about to go to work, but I wrote you this song and it's your birthday. That's, that's really freaking cute. It's very, he's probably one of the best people. People sing Lisa, it's your birthday to you when it's not your birthday? Yeah. And they think it's hilarious. It doesn't happen so much anymore, but people definitely on my birthday always sing it. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. It's just like that thing. It's like, it's like when you have the name like Roxanne, I'm sure you hate the song Roxanne. Like, it's just like when you hear it so many times in your life, perpetually, you could say. Perpetually. Um, As I hold up my beer. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got anything like that for Kaylee? I always think of like Callie and Kaylee from like Firefly and Battlestar, but they're kind of cool. They're super cool. And also, um, when I was younger, obviously knowing this was not true, but I got the autographs of several, I got personalized autographs from several people involved with Buffy. And I was like, somebody could have been like, hey, Joss Whedon, I signed an autograph for a girl named Kaylee the other day. I think you should name your new character Kaylee on Firefly. Okay. You you think that's what happened? I do not. <laughs> I do not think that's what happened. But teenage me thought just maybe. Okay. Well, I'm going to shout out again to um, listener Kara, who they named Starbuck after. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and definitely Supergirl as well. Mm-hmm. They spelt it wrong, but it's not their fault. I actually did. I had a, a my best friend in high school. Her dad is a sci-fi writer. And he wrote this show on... Nickelodeon from ages ago called Space Cases that was uh, Jewel State. It was her first show and she plays Kaylee on Firefly. So I had nice. some weird connection to her. Yeah, that's the total connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. I do love Kaylee on Firefly. She's precious. Firefly would be a good show to cover. It's anyone's It's very them. short mm. also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finish with the movie. When you do a four season podcast... As your podcast, you start to be really attracted to those one to and two shows that died shows. after. Okay, let's do a um, what's the Claire Danes one from the nineties? My so-called let's do life. A my so-called life podcast. Do you know what? I actually only saw a few episodes of that, and I can't even remember them. And I would totally. Do it's that. a it's a fantastic show. I think it was way ahead of its time. Oh, we could do a Freaks and Geeks podcast. Great. There's a mm-hmm. lot of shows here that are one season. I love so it. many. Okay. Okay. We can't even get through one movie, so... <laughs> uh, so they drive on the train tracks. They get arrested. They go to jail. Um, and, like, it seems like just as he's getting locked into jail, he wakes up again in the morning, and then he's all excited, like, 
I can do whatever I can do I want. A, whatever when I live in a consequence-free world. So, Kaylee, what would you do in a consequence-free world? Oh, man. So, I, well, he goes through several phases in this movie, and I feel like we should we should indulge ourselves right now and mm-hmm. say what we would do that's ridiculous and then later we can talk about like what skills we would like to learn like playing the piano or ice sculpting yes okay cool okay so we're right now if we're just being like consequence free consequence free and indulgent i would perform burlesque Ooh. and do stand-up comedy do you think there's a lot of burlesque in punxatani I don't think I would care if there was. <laughs> there would I be today. I would find me some pasties and I would. And actually, that's also something I would perfect. I would do both. Like I would both do that and perfect it. Because the thing is about both of those things is that they're the kind of things that you perfect by like failing at them and doing them repeatedly. Stand up would be such a great skill to learn in a situation like this. Exactly. Because yeah. you would literally be performing to the same crowd who had never heard your stuff before. Mm-hmm. And you could just keep trying and trying and trying and trying and building up your confidence. It'd be great. And they would never remember. A frustrating thing is like, I want to work on my writing. And in this situation, anything you write would disappear. That's not so bad because I feel like you would still be writing. You would still be writing. You could get up every morning and write. And then and you maybe it would even to feel better because you could be like, it doesn't matter what I write today because it won't exist tomorrow. Exactly, because I feel like sometimes that would be what would happen to me because I love writing as well. And I feel like a lot of the times I would just write shit at the beginning. Like I mm-hmm. would just be like, I, I'm so blocked. And then you just write whatever comes into your head. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes having that there as a basis is like it holds you back. Like sometimes I just go back and delete everything again. And I feel like you remember the basis of it. I feel like writing you could still do. It would be a good lesson in just writing and not caring. Yeah, for about sure. The consequences. But I feel like we're on the skills part and we need to talk about like, if there were no rules, what would you do? Yeah, I feel like it's the same answer. <sighs> do you know what I've always wanted to do? What? Is sing, um, like it's, it's not even, like it's something I could probably do in the subway one day, but... I've always wanted to sing um, the song from the dark side of the moon. Oh my God. What's it called? The dying orgasm one. I I don't think I'm okay. As familiar. It's a, but I call it that because it's literally the instruction she was given was um, make it sound like you're having an orgasm and dying. It's like they bring in another singer for it. Um, It's, what's it called it's like i'm not frightened of dying anytime i go we'll be fine it's like a anyway it's an amazing song i will remember it i'm sure once okay. we finish we'll, li- we'll listen to it on the street just like put a hat out and go for it i mean i almost did that in winter like at christmas when i didn't have a job i thought about it mm-hmm. i was like i could just go sing carols in the subway People would give me money. The great thing about New York is no matter what kind of weird act you do, people are like, I've seen five weirder things today. Yep. (laughs) It's actually true about New York generally. (laughs) So you can do whatever. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like that's the thing though, right? Is we already live in a, it's not a consequence free place, but like New York is the kind of place where like, if you just want to do a thing, you can kind of do it. You can kind of do it. And it's such a huge city that you retain your anonymity a lot. Yeah. Like you don't have to usually worry about like, oh, if, like if you were in a small town, 
people you would couldn't hurt. just act like a crazy person one day and and like everyone would remember it forever yeah, whereas yeah. here i totally could mm-hmm. um i don't know maybe i'd like i guess i've always been very scared to like try any kind of like hallucinant hallucinogenic drug Ooh, me too that would be fun and so if i knew that i was gonna like wake up the next day and it had kind yeah, of I would never happened maybe i drug. would try it because i'd be like okay cool well this is consequence free mm-hmm. so let's give it a go and um, i do feel like there's some problematic slightly problematic storylines in this movie of how he seduces women but terrible. i do think i would go have a bunch of sex yeah but i would probably do that anyway fair <laughs> same yeah i guess for me like i i i <laughs> your facial expressions are perfect there um i no, no, i mean i say that in that like i don't know i i i think that i like to like build a relationship with someone first and i don't know how i would feel if it was like one-sided i think i'd feel strange about it is there anything illegal aside from the drug use i guess <laughs> that you would do in a consequence like he robs a bank he like what crime would you want to get away with huh that's an interesting question i haven't really ever thought about that before do you have one that you would do i really don't i don't know i should we should have thought of answers to this before we started recording well you're the one who knew you would ask the question i didn't even you, think uh, you asked it. the question did i yep <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'm on my third drink, clearly. Um, nope, I didn't even think about the question. My pro- I, st- I don't have any desire to do crime that fuck, fucks people over. No, I don't like to make people like... I don't know. It doesn't give me joy. No. It doesn't spark joy, Kaylee. Then throw it out. <laughs> no, I think my things would definitely... And I think we started with like the skills you would build... And I think that that would be what I would do is like my consequence free dream is like, I am so scared to do stand up comedy or burlesque performing because like, I'm like, oh my God. And then one day if I ever make it happen, like I would love to build back my opera singing skills. That would be great. I am really bad with that. I would like totally learn Spanish. I would do a lot of things. Well, so that's it's a point that I wanted to make about this movie and movies like it that we're like we're now really hitting on, which is movies like this are always about redeeming some kind of like unbelievable douchebag and it's like why are they the ones that always get all this time to become <laughs> better people? Like what if you gave this to a good person who was like no, I get it. I'm going to use this time. I'm going to improve myself leaps and bounds and I have been think working. about how much good I could do in the world with like weird extra time yeah. or like random people teaching me lessons or something like it's yeah. always we're so interested in the redeemable douchebag story. It's true. And it's tired. Says the two people who love Starbuck, but still she's not a douchebag. That's you, I don't think you can compare that. No, you can't. Okay. Yeah, I was trying. Um, <laughs> yes, she is. She can be a douchebag. She can be. Um, uh, but that's why we like her as well because there's so few female characters who are like that. Yes, that's a whole other rant that I have. We will rant about that later. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I think it's true. I think like you know I've been working like since I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. If I had the opportunity, like I always used to think about like what if I could just go back in time. And be a teenager again with all the things I know and like do it again. Because like, damn, I made so many mistakes, but 
boy, do I like the person I became because of them. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't want to erase them. But, yeah, it's always really hard. It's like, gosh, can you imagine if we had today over and over again when we both don't have to work? When we're both don't have, like, in New York City. Mm -hmm. Well, that's another thing about this movie is they're very specifically in a super small town. And that's, like, the point of the movie. Yeah. Um, Whereas here, like, yeah, there's so many things. You could live in New York. You could see every Broadway show a million times. (laughs) Like, all Bill Murray can see is Heidi 2. Yeah. Heidi 2. That's true. The sequel to Heidi. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's fantastic uh to be fair there's not that many broadway shows on monday night but there aren't it's dark on broadway on monday night yes so that would be that would be a bummer monday. there's the curtain we're moving the curtain we always record on monday guys usually yeah yeah uh but yeah but no it's true like i would do so many things like i would i would perform slam poetry and see if i would was actually good definitely do slam poetry yes that's just do it but here's the thing i think we should take from this i think we should just do all of this stuff anyway well that's the this point of the movie stuff that like i really want to do but i'm too instead scared. of sitting at home this morning and binging r- random episodes of the office i could have been learning any one of these this skills morning? it is i was also doing laundry but that's yes. fair that's all right that's all right i totally have been um I realized, so there's been so many shows, it just keeps happening that I didn't, so there was this period of time where I just like didn't pay attention to television and I I was moving, I was like busy leaving, busy arriving, all of this stuff. And then sometimes I just realized that one of my absolute favorite shows has a new season and I just like lose my mind and I love Unreal. It's like, Oh, I'm not caught up on Unreal, but I do enjoy it. It is such a good show. And I realized that there was like an eight episode season four that got released just after I moved to New York. And I had not watched it. And I was like, oh, my God. And I watched the whole thing in a day. Stop everything. Yeah. No, that's how I roll. Legitimately, I was like, it was like a weekend day. I was like super tired and burnt out. And I'm like, do you know what I need? I need I need to watch the whole thing. And I did. Uh, So, yes, I feel you. I do the same. Mm hmm. I haven't ever really That's seen That's actually, Office. I, oh, really? I know it's funny because our, our podcast is named after that. That was Omelia. I haven't actually like ever really, I've seen random episodes. I feel like I need to get into it. It's, yeah, the first, I feel like the first three or four seasons are really good. And then it starts You're talking about the off. American one, right? I'm talking about the American one. I actually, I've only seen ep- random episodes of the British one. Okay. I haven't watched all of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the Beers Beast Battlestar Galactica quote is from obviously the I American know. one. Yeah, I have a lot of having binged a lot of The Office recently. I have a lot of opinions about why in God's name Dwight is a character who likes Battlestar Galactica so much because honestly, it feels like it's at odds with his personal beliefs. But ah, uh, we should maybe get into he that likes now. the old school Battlestar Galactica. No. Does he preface that as the sci-fi original series? Because I think maybe, are you saying that maybe him and the old Starbuck might be friends? He, I feel like he has some problematic views about women. He just Uh, likes the 70s one. So maybe you're right. But no, I feel like there's episodes where they're like, oh, did you see the new Battlestar Galactica last night? Uh, So I don't know. Um, Yeah, I would probably also truthfully watch a lot of tv shows through like i just binge series I'd oh like. yeah and then you just come back and like all those series that like people know that you just never watch for whatever reason like i've never seen like mad men or the wire and they're like yeah i've never seen the wire love. 
ah, I could come back and be like, I watched it. I know it. I I get this pop culture reference. But that's the thing about this 1993 movie is there was no internet. I don't even think there was a TV in his hotel no, room. No, that's true. Or if there was, you would have Because he could been... go in a chat room and be like, hey, guys, is anybody else living the same day over and over? And I bet there'd be like 10 people coming back and being like, hey, that's what the internet is good for. You Conspiracy think- theories? Yes. You think you're, you've got some weird thing and then like... Then you go online, you realize like a whole bunch of other people. It's like there's like subgroups for like Buffy fans who also like Hamilton. Yeah, I'm in it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I brought that one up. And then all it is is just Buffy pictures with Hamilton quotes. Yeah. And there's the same thing with Harry Potter ones like that too. There's like Harry Potter and Buffy. Ridiculous and horrible and amazing. I love it. I love it. So much of my newsfeed is just pop culture memes. Yeah. It's great. I love it. That's why we have a podcast about a weird piece of pop culture. It's really fun to explain it to people in job interviews because like you (laughs) want to be like, hey, I have other I'm a self-starter. Yeah. I, I actually produce my own podcast with like many episodes and like fans and like Patreon supporters. I haven't. It's a great skill. I haven't job hunted in a while, but it's definitely in my dating profiles. Oh, amazing. And it's a hilarious thing because you're like, you're in the interview and they're like, oh, amazing. What's it about? And you're like, oh, fuck. I didn't think that far ahead. Oh, shit. Not again. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, uh, it's about craft beer and Battlestar Galactica. And they're like, the scythe. How do you do that? And I'm like, oh, that's right. There's a very small percentage of the world that listens to pop culture podcasts. Right. And then you have to explain the whole thing. Um, yeah. And then hope they don't ever listen. <laughs> Which is the problem you're currently having. Potentially. <laughs> Let's talk about our sex lives some more. <laughs> uh, so what Bill Murray does is he smooches his uh, hotel manager lady. He punches Ned Ryerson in the face. I and think- then he eats a bunch of donuts. Yeah. So would you just... I get... I've never been a big, like, I want to eat everything person. I would definitely eat everything. It makes me no, feel gross. I wouldn't... Not in the way that he does it where I would order, like, bring me every single pastry that you have and I'll eat them all in one sitting. But I would go through whatever city I was in and eat every single item of food yes. that they had on every single menu. You know what I would do? I'd probably just spend all the money that I had. Oh, I would get really good at cooking. That would be a fun thing. Do you not know how to cook? I'm actually a, a good cook, but I'm like, I'm a fine cook, but I could improve my, like I would do that, like cooking through Julia Child's cookbook oh, I or see. some, some yeah. shit like that. I just I'm think a better I'd spend all my money. Cook, oh, that's right. We've had this discussion. We have, complimentary skills it'll be great for Indeed. when we have our visa marriage mm. yes i shouldn't say that. let's <laughs> announce that publicly <laughs> no we would never do um that. bill murray with his unlimited time robs a bank tells some random blonde chick that they're going to uh how like a costume party not certainly not a halloween party because it's always february 2nd um but a costume party yeah and then just takes her to see heidi too which he claims he's seen a hundred times um tries to get to know andy mcdowell whose name is rita but i will only call her andy mcdowell um by asking her like a couple of questions that he doesn't give her time to answer and then says what men are you into 
because of course he does. Um, Sorry, giant eye roll. I've mm-hmm. got to remember this is not a visual medium. It's not, but I am appreciating the eye rolls. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, really tries to convince her that he's the right guy for her. Keeps asking her about this perfect man. And he's like, humble? I'm so fucking humble. Look at me. Look at how humble I that am. That is a great line. Also, mm-hmm. she slaps him a lot, right? She does. In, a, do in a little while, that. there is a slap montage that's really perfect. Mm. So he tries to get to know Andy McDowell in his very in his creepy way. So he's like, we drink the same beverage. Yeah. He's like the thing he did with Nancy. He like steps up a hundredfold for Rita and it's super creepy. Um, He then the next time he sees her, he orders the same drink as her. He does the same toast to world peace as her. Um, Because, you know, he's a guy who cares about he takes her out to what must be the nicest restaurant in Puxatawney. And recites her some 19th century French poetry, which is not actually 19th century French poetry. What is it? I looked it up. It was written by the filmmakers. (laughs) (laughs) Is it in French? I can't remember. It is. And the translation is roughly because Bill Murray's French is very badly. And also because it was written by two Americans. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure the screenwriter's American. Um, And it translates to the girl I will love is like a wine who will get better a little every morning. La fille je t'aime. Yeah, it's already like the French that they use is okay, iffy so at best in the film. Okay. So Andy McDowell, she gets all the way up to his room and then he gets creepy. Not that what he's been? not that what he's been doing hasn't been creepy already. Um but he gets her up to his room and he's like, I finally got you up here. So like now it's a done deal and we're going to. That's not how it works. We're going to fucking do it. Is this where my consent match line comes in? Probably. Why um, do I have the note 339.88? Oh, that is what she bids on him at the auction, which is after he's become a good person, which is not yet. Um, She goes up and it's just it's so unbelievably awkward and I'm pretty sure she slaps him again and mostly it's my favorite part of the movie yeah the slap montage hasn't even happened yet so he like has this amazing incredible day with her Mm. invites her up to his room doesn't seal the deal because he's being so creepy and, and then he has tries, a weird mouth he tries to relive the day and they do the same thing again where they just like build the snowman and have the snowball fight with the kids and it's so it's like his energy is so different because he's just trying to repeat exactly what he and did this yesterday is when, you know when i say like i go back in time and like relive my life and he said that fantasy and i'm like but it would be so weird because like right okay my first love I met him because when I met up with a boyfriend of a friend who was a professional football player in Melbourne who had just moved from Queensland and I met up with him on the other side of town and then I was catching a tram back and I got lost and I met this guy and then this guy helped me find the tram but then also took my number and then he introduced me to this bar where I got a job as a cocktail waitress and that is where I met my first love. Andreas, who is Swedish. What a story. But so many things had to happen for that to happen. (laughs) That's true. Right? So 
Like I had to live in Noosa and work with this chick's brother and then she had to date this football player and all this stuff happened, right? And then I finally worked with him and then we were supposed to all hang out and then we didn't. And then um, he was like, hey, I'm sorry we didn't get to hang out. Why don't we go see a movie at the Moonlight Cinema? And I was like, cool. And then like halfway through, I was like, holy shit, is this a date? I was very clueless. And I feel like had I been like, this is the love of my life. Or like, sorry, for that point, like, you know, he's a significant person in my life. Uh, it would have been a different energy. Like, even if I could have recreated the fact that I like worked at that place at that time and whatever, I still would have known that like we would fall in love and then it would be weird. Yeah. But think about the random events that led me to you. It's always so like many random events. So many random us events. Together. Exactly. And it's always like that. Like when I think about it and it's just like, like even, you know, my, the, my friend who lives across the street, like it was because I met a guy through a friend that I, it's just always like that. And I, I, I went back and I, am I crazy? I, I hope someone else has done this. I went back and I tried to like recreate moments. Like I'm like, how could I meet these people who are so important to me in my life? Right. Yeah. How could I do that again in a way that's natural? And you couldn't, your energy would be weird. You'd be like super desperate. Like I'd be coming at Andreas being like, Hey, hi. Whereas before I was like halfway through a date and was like, Holy shit. Is this a date? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a totally different yeah, thing. And you're, you're, knowledgeable energy might have mm-hmm. just blown it he would have been like whoa lady yeah this is true mm. have you ever gone back and thought about if you could relive your life oh all the time did you ever think about how you would meet the people in your life i think a lot about how random it is and it's are do you watch the good place Mm-hmm. are you caught up yes so are our listeners i don't know spoiler alert probably spoiler alert i I won't get too deep into it but it's okay we're gonna spoiler the finale um oh wait oh wait is this when chidi decides to it doesn't even matter what chidi decides to do it's just that last conversation between Mm -hmm. eleanor Mm -hmm. and janet Mm -hmm. where eleanor's like janet tell me the point of everything like what's the point of this if we if we're couldn't be this miserable all the time Mm. and and it's not new ideas but something about the way it was presented presented really well like i just want to watch this every day for the rest of my life janet's like if i gave you the answer to like the meaning of the universe it would just be it would just be boring like this is the way that things function Mm -hmm. and the fact that you found joy in all of this Mm -hmm. like weird random function and chaos is that's your meaning amazing yeah yeah and i think that's true and i think that's beautiful and we decided to create a podcast about sci-fi politics feminism queer shit and every other pop culture thing that we watch and all the elements leading up to this and alcohol we're so random so random and crazy and crazy mm-hmm. but that's life including the invention of both beer and the genre of sci-fi the creation of beer by women heck yeah and no wives forever so he tries to recreate this day and his energy is just so manic because mm-hmm. he's trying to honestly sometimes we 
screw up a little bit on the podcast and we have to re-record and it's always very awkward when you're trying to say a thing that you've already said so much and actually kaylee's much better at it than me no i don't think so you had to restart me once like five times yes that's fine (laughs) but it's good because you have notes i do I, i i fall apart without notes um there's this amazing moment where they're like having the snowball fight again with the kids <laughs> and he's just like oh my god you kids are great i love kids are any of you up for adoption <laughs> like, <laughs> so much it's so intense and he they fall down in the snow again but this time it's like so forced and it's so much and she's just like oh, okay please don't come near me <laughs> um yeah then we get this amazing montage of her just slapping him a million times and i think he just kind of gives up and then he goes into the depression phase yeah so we get this like slow-mo of the clock hitting 6 a.m again and he's memorized all the questions to jeopardy that's playing in the hotel and all the old people are like this guy's really into it but a little bit scared yeah. one of them is a little bit scared because <laughs> he starts answering questions before they're asked yeah um and he gives a really depressing speech about like this festival used to mean something they used to pull the hedgehog the groundhog out of the ground and hedgehog. eat it yeah I, d- I almost called it a hedgehog it's bigger than a hedgehog uh <laughs> less spiky he there's a scene where he beats up the clock it's very like office space beating up the copier um he then steals the groundhog i think that's a great twist it is he steals the groundhog drives away in somebody's truck lets the groundhog drive which is you know entertaining Mm -hmm. in that like 80s weird comedy movie way i've heard groundhogs are great drivers yeah well you know he'll at least be used to driving on the right side of the road probably better than me (laughs) um they have this standoff where they're gonna like try to shoot phil but he's like don't hit the groundhog (laughs) um and then there's a delightful suicide montage where he just kills himself a whole bunch of times yeah that's an interesting thing would you try to kill yourself probably yeah i feel like it's after that mm. many i feel like it's been a long time already i'm actually unsure because i i definitely like um like i've been to dark places but i feel like for me like i feel like the reason i've always been like so obsessed with like vampires is because like i just want to live forever and experience everything so you would be too nervous to kill yourself and not and be worried that you wouldn't wake up the next day. Exactly. Again. It's like there would be a part of me that'd be like, I wonder if, but that I don't know if I could ever execute on it. But then I don't know what I would be like if I lived the same day over and over. Yeah. I think I would say. have tried it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel, I really feel firmly that I, I love being alive. Would but you love being alive the same day forever in the same small town? I think I'd make the most of it. You'd make the most of it before the suicide montage and not after it. Uh, I think I just make the most of it generally. I feel like no matter what, like I feel like I've been through enough shit in my life to be able to say with some kind of certainty that I 
generally make the most of it. And it's not that I've never been to a dark place where I haven't considered it because I've had like incredibly bad depression in my time. But I just feel like there's something inside me that's like so excited by the possibility of the world, even if I live the same day over and over where I just, there are so many reasons why I don't think I could do that. Like, I don't think I could do that because it's like being close to me and I've seen the experience of of all the other people and I don't think I could ever, I was going to say live with myself, not the right phrase. I don't think that I could ever follow through because of the way that I know what affects the people. I guess I was young enough when that happened that I don't think I could ever do it for the people around. But if you were stranded... In a small town I still where think nobody I knew you, no matter how long it went on, you would never even try it. This conversation is getting really dark. It is. But I think that it's it's an interesting one because I just still don't think that I could because I'd be worried that it would work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's my thing is I'd be super worried that that would be like the conclusion. And I think I'd rather live the same day forever than kill myself. Yeah. I I don't like I would be interested and I can't say how I would be if it had been like a hundred days but I just think that like I know myself and I've been through some tough times and I tend to be like like someone I don't remember who calls it post-traumatic growth and I really feel like that's a thing that I do is like when something bad happens I always try and find the good thing out of that situation and be like cool how can I improve how can I grow and that's what I do yeah We've been drinking a lot this episode. We started <laughs> drinking before we started recording, we which is always a great choice for had us. Had a week. We have indeed. I will say it's been much more than 100 days. Of the same thing? Yeah. Because so uh, the... the Okay. Based on what the director of the film said, he relives the same day for a Somewhere between eight and ten years. Wow. But based on the skills that he learns, somebody put it at like, uh, I think, 33 or 34 years. Wow. Yeah. I still don't think I'd kill myself. Okay. But it's hard to say until I'm in the situation. True. So when I would we consider it, start repeating days on loop, we'll let you guys know. Uh, Except that you won't you feel. No, because what if, what if our forever day is recording the Groundhog Day podcast episode? It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> um, and then he, you know, what he chooses, he chooses to open up to the people in his life. Oh, the classic douchebag redemption story. Yep. This is what we needed. Yep. He tells Andy McDowell in such a way that she believes him. There's a really great awkward moment that I relate to so much as a server, which is when he's describing like how many times he's died and all of the stuff that's happened to him. And the server's just standing there like, I could give you guys a few more minutes. Um, our, we've, we've our special that. today is blueberry waffles. Okay. Bill Murray convinces Andy McDowell that this time loop is happening by 
uh, explaining exactly who everyone is in the diner and exactly what's going to happen in the diner. And I feel like this is one of the more unbelievable moments where he keeps going up to random people and being like, uh, hey, this is so-and-so. Shit. Like He describes one of the waitresses. He's like, she was born in Ireland. Her parents came here when she was very young. She da-da-da-da. She wants to visit Paris, whatever. Uh, and everyone's just sort of like, oh, yeah, he's right. When in reality, you'd be like, who the fuck are you and how do you know all this shit about me? Yeah, I feel like he should just be telling her and not everyone. Yeah, it's a little, it's like I get the point of the scene, but it's a little awkward. Uh, But Andy McDowell does believe him and she spends the day with him and they spend a lot of it trying to flip cards into an overturned top hat that I think he probably stole from one of the Puxitani Phil people. Um, and they're waiting. She's waiting for midnight and midnight hits. And she's like, look, it didn't happen. And he's like, it happens at 6 Mm a.m. Dumbass. Mm. Um, (laughs) And she falls asleep and he confesses his love for her while she's sleeping. And there's just something really creepy about it. Mm. Um, He kisses Ned Ryerson in this scene. that's like kind of weirdly homophobic. Where that's like his strategy for getting Ned Ryerson away from him. He's like, oh, I missed you so much. And like gives him this really intimate hug. I guess he doesn't actually kiss him. It's just a weird, it's a weird strategy. Hmm. Of like coming on to Ned Ryerson so he'll leave him alone. Hmm. Uh, which doesn't feel like it should be part of his good guy montage at all. Oh, it's not good to... Sorry, now I'm going to finish a sentence. I was trying to be sarcastic. It didn't work. Um, we have the whole thing with the old man who he tries to save his life like oh, a few that's times very over. Sad. And he's always going to die that night and there's nothing he can do to change it. Yeah, that's very sad. I don't like that. It's, it seems out of my control. It's out of everyone's control. It makes me sad. Yeah. Um he catches the he does this like really poignant um speech for the broadcast that i think involves chekhov (laughs) um he catches the kid who's falling out of the tree Mm -hmm. and then uh fixes the tire for the three ladies in the car and uh helps somebody who's choking at the restaurant by performing the heimlich maneuver and then (laughs) like lights this woman's cigarette on his way out um meanwhile in in this current timeline uh nancy goes on a date with um what's his face from something about mary and schitt's creek and he hasn't had a bajillion days to better himself so he's really creepy um and they're like oh she's like i'm gonna go back to the party and there's phil playing the piano for the masses he's wearing sunglasses everybody knows him he goes out into the crowd and everyone comes up and thanks him for it's being amazing jonathan from superstar one of the people that comes up to him and thanks him is this young couple who was getting married that day and were nervous and he talked them into getting married and one of them is michael shannon it was his first movie ever and Bill Murray was apparently very mean to him on the set. But wait, remind me who that is again, because I feel like you were excited about him and I didn't know who he is. I've seen Michael Shannon in a million things. Um, I feel like Boardwalk Empire was his big break, but he at this point is quite famous. Okay. So they have the bachelor auction 
And Phil Connors gets called up onto stage and everybody's bidding on him because what a delightful man he is. And that's why you have this mystery number written down because Annie McDowell bids on him with everything she has in the bank, which is apparently $339.88. Same. Hashtag same. Less, actually. <laughs> yes, same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... And she went. I feel like three hundred and thirty nine dollars was a lot more money. Quite sure it was more money in the nineties, especially in a small town and not in New York City. Uh Uh, Then our favorite character actor from something about Marion Schitt's Creek gets up on stage and an old lady bids on him for two bits, which is not a. It's not. We don't do bits in America. Mm -mm. It's not a thing. Mm -mm. It's just meant to sound old timey, Mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, We find ned ryerson again because phil bought insurance today all of the insurance and it's amazing and then he goes out and my note says i sculpt me like one of your french girls because <laughs> he sure does i sculpt andy mcdowell's 90s face mm-hmm. yeah uh, then they spend the night together. And my and note is his mouth. Oh, wait. And then I bought you. I own you. Yeah. So he wakes up to the same exact song playing at the same exact time at 6 a.m. It's the same exact study chair song. But then Andy McDowell's arm reaches over to shut off the alarm clock. And he's wow. like, something is different different is good and he's like why are you here and that's what she says she's like i bought you i own you Mm -hmm. it's a very cute line and then my next notes are sure i can think of something something yes and then push his head down in capital letters yeah we had had several drinks at that point it seems like it from my notes it's because he says is there anything I can do for you today? And we were both like, yeah, we know what you can do for her. (laughs) (laughs) Classic us. Classic us. Um, There was this whole debate apparently when they were filming the last scene of whether or not he should be shirtless because I think being shirtless would have determined that they had slept together the previous night. But I think that generally with Bill Murray, the answer is no. I think so too, but I think that was because he's a straight white man, not the point of the debate because nobody cares what you look like. Um, Should she have been the, shirtless? The point. We would have enjoyed that. Yeah. Are we part of the problem? Or part of the solution? Um, As women? The solution. <laughs> agreed. The The debate was, I think, whether he should be shirtless because I think for her it would have been too inappropriate for 1993. Um, And they were very divided on it and some random person who's working on the movie voted and was like, if he is shirtless, it ruins the movie. And they were like, okay. And so he is wearing a shirt. He's still wearing his jeans. So it implies Um, that they did not sleep together. If he is shirtless, it ruins the movie. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. I should look up who exactly on set Someone? said that because I know it was a woman who was not at a high level. I feel like someone should have come in and said that about Apollo like a lot of times. 
is like so many times when Jamie Bamba's like, I need to take off my shirt. And there are going to be other people like, if he's shirtless, it ruins the episode. Well, I, luckily the I writing just, in Battlestar Galactica is good enough that he doesn't ruin the I know episode. we like to blame Jamie Bamber for wanting to be shirtless, but I would like to point out that it's possible that somebody on set was like, Jamie Bamber should be shirtless for this scene again. And he was like, guys, it's too much. It's possible it wasn't him. I promise that if there was someone who did that, it would be a gay man. Okay. It would be. You know it would be. Somebody who wanted to see him shirtless, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe but it was. Maybe. Um, Jamie Bamba, I've got a much better bed now. I can definitely fit three people on here for a battle. You want to have Jamie Bamba over? Well, now that I have a nice bed. And not bed, James Callis? Oh, my God, you know I want James Callis. <laughs> but I feel like what I'm saying is that now that I have a bed... And we're, not a mattress we're on the still floor. Beers Beats Beds Battlestar Galactica. We're still on it, the it's bed. A, it's a proper bed. It's though. a nice bed. Yeah. We put wood in the middle to make a table. It's not a four poster bed like they have for James no. Callis. In the middle of a massive room. All the time. I, I have a very a small spaceship. room, but it has a high ceiling, which you can probably hear the echo actually, which we did not have a problem with before. Yeah. But the ceilings are high. But um, it's a nice. We could fit an extra person on here. Absolutely. You've got a nice size bed. Mm. We'll sort it out. People were like, don't you want a smaller bed and room for activities? And I'm like, what activities are you doing? In a bedroom. All of my activities are on this bed. <laughs> so I shall have a big bed. Hey, uh, mm-hmm. um, Like podcasting and watching Netflix and eating food all on a bed. Yeah. Those are the Nothing ag- definitely the activities I was thinking about. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, Bill Murray's so excited because today is tomorrow and he and Andy McDowell run outside into the snow and he's like, let's live here. And I feel like he, it's a little bit like prison. (laughs) It's like a Stockholm syndrome thing. Also that we're like. The like the people who've been in prison for so long that they don't really know what life is like on the in the outside mm-hmm. world anymore, mm-hmm. and they just want to stay there. Well, now that you tell me that it was like ridiculous amount of time, it makes a lot more sense because right? I just thought it was like a year. No, it was according to the director, ten it was to something like years. eight to ten years. But somebody figured out how many days it would take you to become ten thousand hours. An expert in piano just playing and some Malcolm and Gladwell shit. They don't know that Bill Murray is brilliant. How dare you how put shade on Phil? Dare you assume he wasn't already uh, an Had accomplished it. Exactly. ice sculptor? Uh, no, somebody put it at like thirty plus years, and I, I really, it's actually a great post where somebody's like, "Don't watch the movie." to do this because that's not what this movie was intended for and it's miserable but I did it anyway and I get that level of analysis Mm. Um, I also have a conspiracy theory that's like very um, uh, sort of like just what if that's how every resident of Punxsutawney ended up in Punxsutawney where they just came for a visit and they got stuck in a time loop for 30 years and then they never wanted to leave. Ooh, wow. It's very Twilight Zone. That's 
canon now. I think so. Uh, so, Kaylee. So, Lisa. I think this is the end of the podcast. I think it is. I always have questions or comments for the end that we end up talking about in the middle of the episode. Exactly. I think that's what happens is like, it's better that way. Sure. Uh, I, how many, should we have a Cylon and Freck count for this episode? Uh, yes, we have 27 Freks and we saw at least three Cylons. Wow. So I really, I really don't know what's coming with these other Cylons. Could Andy McDowell or Bill Murray show up? You don't know. We don't know. You don't know. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's it. We were like, we don't have that many. Kaylee, so because here's the thing is I always have the same amount of notes. Uh, three quarters of a page. Yes. It's usually a- somewhat nonsensical. Exactly. Uh, Kaylee, usually she was like, I don't have a lot of notes. I only had four pages of notes. We just did a lot of tangenting. I feel like we also drank a lot of booze. We <laughs> drank a lot of vermouth. And a lot of beer and a little bit of whiskey. So not only did we mix wine and beer, but we also added whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Phil. We're not playing by your rules. We don't play by your rules. We're going to wake up tomorrow and live the same day again. Well, we don't know that. I ha- do have one final question for our listeners. If we have any listeners who have seen the Italian remake of Groundhog Day. Wait, what? Which is called Stork Day. I'm sorry. Can someone please tell me if Stork Day is a real Italian holiday and what the fuck happens on Stork Day? Have you seen the Italian remake? No, I I found out about it like five minutes before I left to come here to record this. Well, that's our next episode is Stork Day. Probably not, though. Look. If nothing else, I expect that you've come to expect of us that we promise a lot of things that we're not going to deliver. We get excited. We drink a lot in our podcast and we say we're going to do a lot of things that we don't do. That's why you love us, right? I assume so. Right. We didn't sing this episode. Kaylee wanted us to sing. I wanted us to sing Sunny and Cher. Yeah, but we didn't. William, put your little hand in mine. In a real mountain, we can climb. Da 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 I don't actually know the words. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. And then we lost all our listeners. If we hadn't already. Thank you so much, everyone for uh tuning in for our bonus episode happy groundhog day happy groundhog day one of the only holidays left that we can truly celebrate indeed every other holiday has been ruined it has uh we will see you next week with the next episode of Battlestar galactica and Um, we hope that's a promise we can keep it will be it will be (laughs) uh thank you so much for your patience uh in the last month um we are getting it all together i have a bet now guys we got a bed. Real. We still got a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Everything's great. Um, happy 2019. We will see you next week. Bye. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs>